Welcome to another edition from Perspectives from Rothschild Co. My name is Laura Kunlin, and for today's edition, I am once again joined by our global investment strategists, Kevin Gardiner and Victor Balfour, to discuss recent events and markets. In the first podcast we recorded this year, I said that I was looking forward to visiting our London office. Now, after 11 months, I finally managed to travel north, and I'm very happy to do this recording in person. Great. Good to have you with us, Laura. So this will be our final recording of the year, and I suggest that before concluding what has been a quite eventful year and perhaps offering a preview of what investors can expect next year, we briefly review the events that have taken place since our last recording. Let's start with the business cycle, Victor. How is the economy faring? Pretty respectably is how I think I'd frame it right now. You know, we're in this sort of relatively favorable mix of kind of ongoing growth on the one hand, alongside kind of disinflation. You know, if you go 12 months ago, we were kind of flirting with recession fears, double digit inflation, certainly on this side of the kind of the Atlantic. Uh, but today, you know, headline inflation has subsided pretty dramatically. You know, in the euro area, we're a little below 3%. In the US, we're a little above that. We've still got further to go to get back to target. But of course, we've traveled a very long way already. Um, and in terms of growth, you know, generally, economic surprises are still pretty positive across the major developed block um, after what was a pretty resilient third quarter. Um, certainly, if we look at the business surveys today, you know, they're showing signs of stabilizing in the fourth quarter. Um, and so far, the sort of lag date, hard data, you know, really continues to paint a, a pretty encouraging picture. Labor markets are still very tight. Um, consumers, they're still spending. Um, and of course, we know that you know, pay growth in the background um, is now modestly outpacing inflation. As it stands, you know, real time estimates of, of kind of US growth, um, which is still the economy that matters the most to us, um, are still tracking around 2%, um, which would be pretty remarkable after the 5% growth we saw. Um, in the third quarter. That backdrop looks almost too good to be true. So Kevin, how can we experience both falling inflation and improved growth? No, it does, doesn't it? And that's, that's a very, very good question. I think the, the answer's got to have something to do with the supply side of the economy because inflation got out of control initially, not just because central banks ran monetary policy too loose, but also because we had all sorts of supply side obstructions following on from the pandemic and following on from the fact that the global economy was pretty fully utilized to begin with. So I think one of the reasons that we've been able to so far get out of this without a big downturn in output is because supply side conditions have actually improved. We've seen some bottlenecks being eased and we're finding out that the labour market really is performing better from a supply side perspective than it has done uh, before. It's certainly performing a lot better than was the case in the 1970s. So we're not seeing the sort of escalating wage price spiral that a shortage of labor in the old days perhaps might have inspired. Instead, the workforce these days seems to be quite happy to trade flexible pay for stable employment. So I would say the supply side Resilience of the economy helps to explain why we've got this remarkably benign mix at the moment. And then monetary policy has obviously also been a big focus this year. Are we now at the end of this interest rate cycle, Victor? So I think in terms of the tightening cycle, um, I think it seems pretty plausible to assume we've reached this sort of peak or kind of terminal interest rate for the big Western economies. You know, certainly the last round of kind of central bank meetings we had um, in late October, early November, 
you know, we saw most of them uh, on hold, the European Central Bank, the Fed, the Bank of England, um, they were firmly on hold. And this wasn't the first time actually that the bank or the, the Fed had actually decided to pause there and hold the prior meeting as well. How long we stare at these levels? You know, that's sort of the big question at the moment. You know, I think policymakers recognise that interest rates are perhaps now economically restrictive, as they would term it. But on the other hand, inflation is not sustainably back to target, as I mentioned a moment ago. And I guess this sort of, you know, extended pause or, or plateau profile you've heard us talk about uh, in previous podcasts, um, that's been much of our view uh, for this year. But of course, the calendar does move on. And the next year is coming into focus. And so, too, is the sort of the next the next phase, the sort of easing cycle, if you like. Um, but there is a sort of wide spectrum of views about when and how aggressive those cuts will be. Um, and I think certainly in the last couple of months, you know, money markets have become um, a lot more dovish in their assessment. You know, for example, in the US, the first the first interest rate cut is now priced in for the first quarter of next year, not the third as it was you know, back at the end of September. Uh, and they've got several cuts that follow on from that um, of course a word of caution on that you know those money markets are far, far from infallible uh, in terms of their discounting of interest rates turning to financial markets um stocks and bonds obviously had quite a rebound in november can you expound on this then so our listeners may recall that it's been a very challenging sort of late summer period for stock and bond markets certainly three months to the end of october um, it was very very difficult for both the major asset classes um, what we saw through November is that markets pretty much retraced most of those losses. Um, global stocks, they were up about 9%, um, the best month that we've seen in three years. Um, no less strong for bond markets. You know, they're up 5%. Um, that was their best month since 2008, in fact. Which means that, you know, if we're looking at it on a kind of year-to-date basis, um, your global stocks are up. 17% or thereabouts. Bonds are up perhaps a couple of percentage points at the kind of global level. I think in terms of what's driving this, um, you know, there have been quite a few idiosyncratic kind of traumatic events over the past quarter, particularly on the geopolitical front. Um, but I think for us, the dominant factor really seems to be the manoeuvres of the Fed, the direction of interest rates, uh, those expectations. Um, but, you know, what's encouraging for us is when looking at what's happened over the past month, you know, seeing participation broaden. We're seeing some of the things that were sort of lagging earlier in the year starting to play a bit of catch up now. We're seeing a bit more of a cyclical rally at the moment in stock markets. Uh, and I think for us, this gives us a little bit of confidence about some of the sort of tactical tailwinds that are, that are that are playing out right now. Final question for you then, Kevin. Where does this leave us in terms of positioning and asset allocation? Well, we're thinking this reasonably benign mix may continue doesn't have to, but we think it can do. And if that's the case, then lower inflation and a peaking and eventual reversal in interest rates obviously is going to help bonds. But because we're still going to see corporate profitability holding up quite well, we think, um, stocks can do okay also. And for the first time in uh, quite, a, quite a while, both of those big asset markets are reasonably valued. Neither of them is outright cheap. But for the first time in a long while, uh, we're looking at a bond market in particular that's not expensive. So it's a closer call than it, it usually would be for us. But we still feel, pulling it all together, we still feel that stocks probably have the edge. Um, and as a result, we go into the new year um, in balanced portfolios with an overweight position in stocks, no more than a neutral position in bonds and an underweight position in cash. 
We have been debating whether we should be more positive on bonds. As I say, it's a pretty close call for the first time in a while. And simply not being underweight is relatively unusual for me here at, 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 at Rothschilds. But we felt it was a bit premature to actually go outright overweight uh, just yet. And as we're seeing it, we think the growth angle in particular may be the least appreciated already by markets. And that way, that's where there might be most upside, perhaps, for stocks. Many thanks for this update to the both of you. Um, as I said at the beginning, this is the last recording of the year, and I feel we've had quite a few buzzwords this year. We had the cyclical roads. Actually, they might have been around for a bit longer than this year. We had the famous wall of worry, the summertime blues, the butterfly's wings. So any guesses already for what could await us next year? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to guess that the economy is probably big enough to look after itself. So I'm going to put things in perspective a little and hope that the word we hear most of next year is peace. <laughs> That's a great closing. Many thanks. If you want to find out more about the topics discussed in this episode, please go on www.rothschildandco.com forward slash insights. Thank you for listening. Please note. This audio content is produced by Rothschild & Co. for information purposes only, and any reliance on the information provided in it is done at your own risk. This content should only be used or reproduced with the express written permission of Rothschild & Co. The podcast is not provided as a solicitation, recommendation, or invitation to buy or sell any security, fund, or any other banking or investment product. Nothing in this podcast constitutes advice of any sort, and no responsibility is accepted in relation to the fairness or accuracy of it. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and you may not recover the amount of your original investment. Past performance should not be taken as a guide to future performance.